The views and opinions that are expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those that are held by American Football Ireland or the Irish NFL show. As always, guys, this podcast is just a bit of crack, so please, no giving out. Hello and welcome to the Domestic Game Podcast where we bring you the insights and stories behind everything American football here in Ireland. We're your hosts, Kelly and I'm Robbie Caldwell. Let's get down to it. So Kelly, it's been an interesting week since our last podcast here together. A few things have changed though since then. We're actually both recording remotely. Yes, we are indeed. Uh, COVID precautions here, very important in the Domestic Game Podcast and I am dosed this weekend. So hopefully, hopefully not the COVID, hopefully just something small like we, we'll see. Have, I'll find out on Friday. You can catch worse so it's not too bad. <laughs> catch worse, yeah, that's true. It's not an interception unfortunately. No, but here, moving on from uh, that kind of news, we have some excellent stories to go through from, from the past week's action, whether it be the, the Wolfhounds getting back to action, some of our own players moving to teams in America to play college ball, and even the finals of the Dunahee Invitational Cup coming ahead this Saturday. We also have an exciting merger in the flag scene with the Thomastown Tigers and the Raptors joining forces. Yeah, so quite a lot of news going ahead for us to cover. Where do you want to start, Kelly? I mean, like, I think we could start with the South Dublin Panthers going to uh, America. I think that that's uh, amazing. So who are those players? Uh, where are they going? Yeah, so uh, both Kevin Mayo and Oluwale uh, Gazal, uh, both defensive players. Uh, Gazal playing as defensive tackle and then Mayo playing on the edge. Both lads are heading over to play for its North Park University in Illinois. So Chicago, Illinois absolutely fantastic stuff and I can tell you what I'm sure the Panthers are extremely proud of what they've produced in these two lads you know I would have loved to have got a chance to see them playing while they were here but I think this is just absolutely excellent for the sport in Ireland great to see the two lads going over there you know playing division three football if you're to actually look at the statistics from how many athletes actually make it to play say college ball in America only 7% of high school athletes make uh, the, the college jump, whether that be, say, D1, D2, D3, JUCO, whatever it is, you know, there's such a, it's such a battle to, like, even get into any of these colleges. So the fact that, like, two of our guys, two young fellas have made that leap and are taking some of those spaces from the Americans themselves, it's fantastic to see. Yeah, I mean, like, it really, really is amazing. Like, credit to those two men. And uh, I suppose we'll just be following them and supporting them the whole time. Hopefully, we'll be able to see some of their games over here. I know the South Dublin Panthers will be supporting them. I think all of American Football Ireland will be supporting them. So very, very best of luck to them. And um, please, guys, keep in contact with us because we will be following you all the way. Yeah, like, absolutely. I know, like, uh, several of our players from around the league have have played uh, for other teams across Europe, even playing semi-pro. Uh, there's definitely guys who have played uh, college ball in America and then came to play in American football Ireland. But as far as I'm aware, these are the first two guys who are actually making it 
uh, to a Division One three. I know or Division or Division three team, um, or any kind of college level at all. I know a few players have went over of late to do sort of the uh, the combine kind of tour around the different colleges. But uh, as far as I've heard, nothing's really come back from how the rest of them have sort of fared out. These are the first two guys who have really, you know, it's out there now. They are there. And I really hope that we actually get game tape from them. And if uh, anyone wants to sponsor the domestic game to go on a trip over to Chicago to <laughs> to see the guys play, please send us send us those dollars. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, in terms of international players that we have, we've quite a few, and this year has been quite a fantastic year for international players. I think just given the type of year that it's in at and without the uh, competitive football, it's been a kind of a win-win um, opportunity for players to go over and to develop abroad. So, I mean, like obviously with the likes of Pete McMahon over with the Pori Bears there in Finland, we also have uh, Finn Kearns, who's a wide receiver who's over playing in Finland as well. Um, we have then, of course, the likes of Alex Kosmerik, and we have um, Tom Donovan who are playing semi-pro um, I think that's in Germany with the Baltic Hurricanes if I'm not wrong and I know that that's using Dara O'Farrell's um, contacts there that kind of hooked them up in that way One of the guys who uh, we're a big fan of in this show uh, Sunshine 20 you know that's Dave King uh, him and you know was it him and Greg Johnson are heading over as well to Germany to is it Iserlon Iserlon Titans um, like like you say, like on on the European scene, we're fairly pumping out. Like for a country that would be relatively new to American football at such a high standard, pumping players out to other European teams, it's great to see. It's brilliant for the development of them and brilliant for the development of our league because the idea is that they'll come back and then dispense out that knowledge to like our other players, you know, our, our national players and stuff like that. So it really is just such a benefit for us. And the other thing is, is the international level. I mean, that goes right to the coaching as well. We see the likes of uh, Andy Dennehy, who is um, coaching over in Amsterdam at the moment. So, I mean, it's um, not just restricted to the players and uh, it's brilliant to see us kind of spreading out across that international scene. It, we've come a long way so far. You know, there's still so much further to go. And I think this added exposure that all these players are getting um, is really just going to help grow grow the game here, and you know, just impre- increase the the caliber of player that we're able to produce ourselves to to not just you know improve foreign leagues, but also to continue to improve our league as we've seen over the years grow, grow, and grow. And this is just like, you know, it starts with say uh, a few boys going to Europe. Now we've got two guys heading to America. Uh, with you know the rise say even in the likes of the NFL coming back over to Europe with all the games in London you're realistically looking at a scenario where these guys are the trailblazers who are sort of laying the foundation for young American footballers here in Ireland to see that you know there is possibly that opportunity to progress even as far as the NFL eventually it might not be five might not be ten years time but with the, the emergence of, say, NFL academies across Europe in the likes of London, you know, we've got them in Germany, our players are sort of, you know, getting to the stage where it's going to become a very realistic goal within, say, the next 10 to 15 years with the growth of the sport internationally, with the growth of the sport here in this this country and sort of the the increase in its it visually for people. You know, it is really something that we can look forward to 
the continuation of the game, but not only the continuation, but actually the game itself flourishing. In terms of like flourishing and trying to get the game to grow and stuff, for me as board member, like a huge goal that I have or something that I'd love to see in American Football Ireland is us someday to be offering our players semi-pro contracts. Absolutely. You know, I, w- I would love for us to get to that stage. You see it in Germany and you see it across Europe and I kind of think like, why can't we someday? Like we have the talent. Like for me, that would start with the... The Wolfhounds, I think, is a, is a huge part of what we're doing to elevate our game here in Ireland. And I know those guys, they came back to training there on um, Saturday. I was at it and I did a few interviews. And uh, they have kind of big plans now where we are nationally ranked and we're looking to play like more teams that are ranked because that will increase our ranking and those little those little things like all these games being played all the team our players going abroad and coming back and dispensing the knowledge and everything that we're doing to elevate this sport right down to the flag to the youth um to the women's side of things all of that is just bringing us to the next levels and for me i really do feel like that's hopefully someday getting to a stage where we are in that position that we can offer those semi-pro contracts as well absolutely and like you were saying you uh, were fortunate enough to get to attend the the latest Wolfhounds training session and you got to speak to like many of the key characters involved uh, someone who you know I've got great admiration for and as do many you know aspiring coaches and players around the league um, Coach Kieran O'Sullivan uh, you got a great a great opportunity yeah. to talk to Kieran and you know I think that everyone would really enjoy listening to that there now Sports Campus, where we're seeing the return of Wolfhounds Kidded Football. I'm speaking with head coach uh, Kieran O'Sullivan. Kieran, uh, welcome to the domestic game. Um, welcome to the National Sports Campus and Wolfhounds training. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Um, so, I'll start off the first question. I mean, it probably was a big uphill battle to even get Kidded Football back, uh, get the Wolfhounds training back. How much work has gone into getting this together today? Oh, it's an enormous amount of logistics and COVID regulations to be dealt with. Um, Alan Ord, general manager, myself, uh, Steve Archibald, um, the assistant head coach, Peter Canning, who's on the staff, we've all been working flat out for six weeks nearly. Um, so, And that's, football aside, that's literally the logistics of getting so many people together from all over um, this island. Yeah, yeah, and doing it safely, and it's just brilliant to see it. I think it's a credit to you in the work that you've done. You can see that it's it's clearly just a. It's, it's difficult to get these things together anyway and off the ground anyway, but to get them during COVID is just a, an amazing feat. So, so then my next question in terms of coaching, because obviously you're the head coach of this, you've been the coach for, for the UL Vikings, you've also been, I think, the director of coaching in AFI up till very recently. So, a huge amount of experience in that area. Um, what is your coaching philosophy and what are you looking for in a player that could potentially be a player that represents um, Ireland on the American football pitch? My philosophy is is fairly straightforward. Um, Sport is competitive and you know there has to be a winner in every competition. That's the nature of it. Uh, My philosophy is to be that winner Um, but how I go about it might be slightly different. So I understand that you need competent coaches, you need good coaches and sometimes you need lucky coaches but it's all about the the talent, the players and identifying people for their strengths and also knowing their weaknesses and making sure um, that you're putting people in the right positions. So, you know, it's it's basically that's my philosophy is it's about people management, I guess, yeah. more than football management. So I've got um, Andy Dennehy, um, offensive coordinator, so there's a person that you want to put 
in a position of running a national programme's offence. Yeah. We know he could run a national programme team as well, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, that's the guy you want out there. I'm looking at him now, um, you know, coordinating a session out there with the offence, with the quarterbacks and receivers. Uh, phenomenal guy um, on the other side of the ball you have Brendan Keller from uh, Cork Admirals one of the toughest defences over yeah. the last number of years yeah. so organised um, again somebody who's competent so that's my philosophy is finding the people yeah. um, you know finding the people right down from you know assistant head coach coach Archie Bald no better lieutenant could any man have and um, you know, there's Kevin Tempany who looks after our kit and logistics. There's Alan. You know, all these people come together, and that's what makes a team: is people. And you get winning people into a situation, you get a winning team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. The right people in the right places just make things flow. And um, so, then in terms of your players, like, what do you look out for in a player? Like, what impresses you on the pitch? Um, both in terms of the players that are here today, how do they solidify their their starting uh, position? on the team but also maybe an aspiring player who's just playing local football at this stage what do they need to show you to get to this level of the sport commitment commitment is the life lifeblood of this sport um, we don't get paid we don't you know we don't get a lot back uh, you know financially but what we get is from each other we get commitment so you look at uh, somebody in their club who's committed to their club and we can all see that we recognise it all our coaches, all our positioning coaches, we've been through it with clubs, we've been through it as players, we understand and we can identify people who commit to their clubs, and that's the first thing we look for, who are committed to the game, Yeah. you know, um, I know we get, we've got a lot of multi-sport athletes, but they can still commit to this game, um, you know, while committing to other games as well, it's not exclusive, but when you see players with commitment, it's quite obvious to see players who don't live up to that level of commitment. It's a, it's visible in their play, their demeanour, their attitude, how they're, um, how they're seen by their clubs, how their clubs treat them, their clubmates treat them on the sideline, those who are leaders. Um, you know, that's what we look for and we look for it here. Um, we expect everybody on our... We've, 50-odd athletes here today. We expect them all to be leaders today. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any particular individual that has impressed you already today? Oh, there's a couple of individuals out there who've impressed me. Well, every single individual has impressed me so far because uh, for the 7th of August, it's monsoon rain, yeah. cold wind, <laughs> and these guys are out there and we're going to be working from 10 o'clock until 4 o'clock. We can't use facilities to take lunch breaks, so we're eating in this weather, we're drinking in this weather, we've got access to toilet facilities all due to COVID, and that's all we have. Um, and these guys are going to be out here for the day. Um, so every single person here has impressed me so far. We will see in the afternoon, I'm going to get feedback from my coaches um, who stood out. We've got guys who've come through combines, we've got guys who we have to go back to. 2019 who were impressive back then who we invited along um, so we got to see how they fit in do they live up to the levels of commitment that have been yeah. demonstrated already the bar that we've set as wolf homes, uh, do they fit in and you know we, we'll review all that but um, yeah what does that process look like so when the guys come here they come out and they train they do their uh, position specific um, drills and so on and then we regroup as coaches together after that and you discuss 
had their performance, their past performance. Do you, do you look at all kind of elements like that, like the 2019, who has been leaders within clubs for the years beforehand and who is showing up today? Um, how, how does that process of selection look? Um, this, the selection was, again, it's, it's kind of under pressure now because of the, the time lag, but um, our coaching staff come from all over the island. Yeah. We've got coaches at most games in the role as club coaches. And we would get feedback. So, for instance, if um, the person that would go to maybe to talk about uh, an offensive player would be the defensive coach. I'd want to know who's causing them problems. Yeah. Who's, yeah. So we've got yeah. the best defensive minds. Now I want to know, who do you have to coach around? Who do you have to factor in? Are we missing somebody from our offensive play group that you cause you a, a, a pain in the head when you sit down and you know you're going to play them on a Sunday this guy's name keeps coming up across your club you, you have to factor them in you have to cause you issues they cause you problems same offensively is there a guy on, on um, you know is there, I go to the offence to talk about defensive players causing problems for offensive coaches that's an initial thing we have combines where we reach out to anybody within the association to come forward and scientifically measured we ran our first one it was the last activity of the association before yeah. we were closed down in March we were here again at the sports campus under Covid restrictions at that time although they, the lockdown hadn't begun and we set in place actually that day a lot of protocols that became run of the mill for everybody after that we were doing it ahead of time and I think we'll be running more combines and we'll have um, you know opportunities for players to come forward we want to make it an annual thing yeah. so if there's an individual that we're missing but what the combine will do is some people will excel at the combine and we'll have information on them and we'll know that they're good enough to take part in a session and we'll see how they fit in with our you know with phones family um, some guys they might have the physicality but not the football experience we might look for more information from their coaches or we might look for footage to see what they're Just like football they're wise at. where yeah. they're at exactly yeah. uh, and get a feeling and some guys come to us and they mightn't be there uh, physically they mightn't meet, meet the standard set by our squad physically and we let them know what they need to do to reach that standard so everybody who comes to a combine gets feedback Yeah. you know it's, it's not a case of we take you but the rest of you you're forgotten about we'll give feedback what you need to be working on areas that you were weak in something that we saw that yeah. you could improve on whether we take you or not you still get that feedback yeah so it's one of those things that if you're an aspiring player and you attend the combines you can only win from attending them oh, you're going to win one way or the other either you're going to you know, get the result that you want or you're going to get what you need to do to get the result that you want and really it's all progress isn't and, it? and the thing with the combine is it's, it's extremely fair it's, it's not subjective it's not something that we're sitting back and looking at it and saying I don't like the way he runs we're, we're, we've got scientific measurements we've got a company that comes in and they run um, all of the drills just like the NFL uh, same equipment and you're tested to the same level your numbers are scientifically tested and backed up and the information and the data and the feedback is, is provided and it's provided to the athlete as well and you can compare it to anybody who's been involved in a combine anywhere in the world running the same drills yeah. It's, so you can measure up and see how you do against the NFL numbers are absolutely and I love this kind of this level playing field team and that kind of naturally brings me to something that I wanted to address with you because I know that we had 
uh, inadvertently perpetuated a bit of misinformation on one of our episodes where we had indicated that the player from the Vipers who has met it to the um, Wolfhounds training was perhaps the first player from um, a non-SBC league, which is in fact incorrect. So would you like to comment on that? Yeah, um, it's a big part. We are a small football community. Um, you know, we have, what, eight teams in the SBC is the um, level or limit, if you like. Um, we're competing against countries that are vast and have much more resources. Um, everybody contributes to the SBC. And what I mean by that is the teams who drive on and win promotion are driving the standard of football up as much as the teams who are in the top tier like yeah. the Trojans drive it from the top we are all moving in the same direction there are players out on that field who don't play for SBC clubs and they're here and they're contributing and they're starting um, we played as Team Ireland uh, in 2016 against the Dutch we had players from 16 clubs represented on that squad Yeah, and, and I mean we don't look at a player and you know, judge him by how his club finished in a league. We don't. But there is another side to it. So every player has an opportunity to step forward. But we've had players who've come forward and as much as their attitude is right, their experience of playing at a certain level isn't there. Yeah. So that's understandable. I mean, not everybody can transition from... Um, you know, uh, non-SBC club to international football. That's a tough jump to make, and not everybody makes it across. But the opportunity is there for everybody to make that trans to, to do that. Yeah. To try, and people do battle across, and those guys generally become some of our best players because they've got that strength to make that jump and that hunger and that drive and then of course that is also helping that kind of bottom up approach because those guys are going back to their club and their defence and all that they've mm -hmm. learned at this so I mean the whole thing is very cyclic and really just increasing the standard of the sport uh, across the island really I feel and there's another side to it too where if you look at um, some of the top clubs you find that a lot of their top players might have started in non-SBC clubs as well. So yeah. they might have started in a lower division club. And I don't like using the lower division club name. It's not, it's, it's, no, it's just, not nice. yeah, it's, it's just yeah. where they are. It's, you yeah. understand, we have, to put, we have to put a name on it so we understand what we're talking about. But, um, you know, they're, they're playing in these divisions that aren't the SBC. Uh, they might transition because of work, because of college. They move to another club. And all of a sudden, they look perfectly at home. Yeah, and we've seen that. Yeah, and we've seen, seen it. it. Ted Elson, for example, was playing with the uh, soldiers, and maybe the Crusaders for a little while, and is now yeah. with the Trojans, who are you oh. know has won uh, Shamrock Bowl with them, I think. And so. funny enough, um, the last time I saw uh, Ted in relation to um, the Trojans, he was playing in um, a final for I don't know was it IFL one at the time? Yeah, um, and he played against the Trojans. Yeah, yeah, causing yeah. them a royal pain in the arse at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, look, there are players out there who, by circumstance, we're not a professional league. Um, somebody in Offaly can't, you know, live on, you know, a football salary that they're not receiving and stay in Offaly. They might have to move somewhere for work or someone going to college, as I said. Um, you know, they have to move county and it, it mightn't be feasible for them to continue with their home club and they move. And sometimes they move up, sometimes they move down a division. But it's the guys who move up very rarely look out of place. 
Yeah, yeah, which is great. It's great. It's lovely mm-hmm. to see it. And then you touched on that first ever game that we had, that Team Ireland game um, against the, the Dutch Lions, um, which finished, I think it was 20 not. It got called at halftime um, due to lightning. But I remember being there and um, being in that stadium, but being there for the weekend, and it really had that feeling of like something was happening here. You know, mm-hmm. something was building. This is our first game. It was by no means the end. Um, and I think we've shown that, that you have built so much where now the Wolfhounds, let's say, going from Team Ireland to Wolfhounds, this lovely brand that we have, playing Belgium twice and, and beating Belgium twice, I think we did beat them twice. Oh, yeah. we most certainly couldn't did. I not remember yeah. if one was a draw. I remember I read oh, the first game, so I know we'd, we'd won that. Not even close. Well, it was. It was one point, but it wasn't even Boy, close. Boy, you had them well, well beat. But it was. Just needed to check in on that. And we well, got I wouldn't say well beaten. <laughs> we won. <laughs> we won, yeah. And, um, so, and then we were ranked in Europe after that. So um, I'm just wondering then, what, what is the plan going forward? What games do we have on the horizon and, and where, where do we go from here? Well, it's, um, it's chaos at the moment internationally because of COVID again. Yeah, very so difficult. this is another landscape that's awkward to navigate. Um, Alan is working very hard. We're looking, hopefully, to have a game. Um, you know, bought a Ford this year, bought a one next year. Um, it depends again on, on restrictions and travel restrictions and so on to see what's actually feasible. Um, but what we would like to do is even the friendly games that we play come towards our ranking. If we're playing a ranked opponent. So we're looking to get um, as high up the rankings as we can before we enter European competition. Yeah. Because obviously the higher up you are, you know, the better draw better, that you're going yeah. to receive. And, um, you know, as I said, it's all it's all about winning. I don't bring a bunch of winners together um, with the idea that we're there to compete or participation. Um, Holland still hurts because yeah, of the way of the course. game ended even though um, it ended we didn't get to see how that how that had changed because I can remember speaking to you um, after the game and that you had made those adjustments at half time and were mm-hmm. kind of ready to see how that would play out yep. you know on the pitch that uh, you kind of feel like we didn't get to see the the outcome of what those adjustments would would have would mm-hmm. have done you know that day so yeah it's, uh, you know it's, it was very frustrating and um, I think coming back from it we were re- we really understood it it, it was um, I'm not going to say it was a baptism of fire but we understood where our strengths lay we understood where our weaknesses were at that time um, and we, we had the time to review and when we formed the Wolf Owns, um it was the lessons learned in Holland yeah. basically became the foundation of how we operate now. Yeah. And it's a different thing. It's very different. I, I mean, you see even what's happening with the players in the league. I mean, I feel like they're a lot more gelled. Players from different teams, you know, have such a respect and, uh, you know, a friendship, brotherhood at this stage. And I do think that a lot of that stems from that Team Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. Those days where they went out and, and they played together and even the Belgian games, you just see that there are certain players that are just regularly in contact with each other across different clubs and that wouldn't be as easy to facilitate without days like this and games like the Belgium game games like the the Dutch Lions game so um, I just am a big fan of the work and just want to say thank you very much for all that you're doing Well thank you and um, loving the podcast loving hearing from all the different arms and wings of AFI what's happening out there um, it's been a long time with no social interaction and I think um, you know the work that you're doing I just love it. Um, oh, thanks so much. Great. Delighted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's great. We'll leave it there, Kieran. Thanks so much for joining us and thanks so much for having me here today at your Wolfhounds training. You're welcome. And really, once COVID is over, everybody's welcome. Um, 
we run open training sessions as I said once COVID restrictions are lifted and if there are any coaches out there who want to come to our sessions just drop me a line um, you can come down you can be part of the meetings you can be part of the process and get involved um, on the day what's, what's the best way for, for someone to contact you? Um, well I basically email me um, yeah. you know coachgearon56 at gmail.com I think I'm fairly contactable I think a lot of people have my contact details out there so yeah. um, I'd be fairly easy to track down and um, look I'm on I'm on Facebook if it comes to that just do a search on Facebook Perfect. and um, you usually find something with a beard on a profile picture <laughs> and just send me a send me a message yeah. and um, look we, we love having guys down seeing what we're doing we're a very transparent organisation we like to you know to let people know what their players are getting up to and um, you know and it's also some people have come down and stayed as yeah. part of our staff so yeah. it's about commitment as well I suppose Brilliant Great Thanks so much and uh, we'll catch up again very soon Thank you Absolutely fascinating stuff there from Coach Kieran. you know very interesting to hear his views on development of the team and how the teams came along from sort of you know we're playing against the uh, the Belgian Barbarians and beating them twice in order to achieve sort of our ranked status internationally and just how, you know, the way the, the the science going behind how players are selected and that it's not just a, a matter of how in the past where sometimes it was nearly, as, as we see in many leagues, players picked from who they know as opposed to what they know, whereas the actual fundamentals are very much, you know, critical to it. But the science is there behind it in that everything is being tracked you know, it, as the old saying goes, what's measured is improved. And it's great that they're actually taking this proactive step to put in the procedures and actually, you know, studying players in depth and seeing, well, this is what we have and this is what we're working with and using that to actually get the best out of the talent we have in this country. And how it's not just the players who are, say, playing at the Shamrock Bowl level, but you're often sometimes finding gems in the rough at those lower levels, whether it be Division One or Division Two, and for the likes of the the tryouts in getting the players to come to the combine, to come to the tryouts, and while not all of them are successful, they all actually manage to still learn something, and every player is given feedback, and they can request feedback. And they can take that actual knowledge that they're learning from the days and that experience back to their own clubs and help, you know, grow the players around them. And, you know, from that extra experience of, like, say, working with guys who have won, you know, multiple Shamrock Bowls. He was saying how the likes of uh, Andy Dennehy is working as the, the OC for the, the Wolfhounds team. That knowledge that, say, any young quarterback will be able to gain from that. It's just, it's fascinating. It's actually so great to see see how the, the Wolfhounds has progressed and the standards that they're starting to set uh, for not just, you know, that, that other teams around Europe are wanting to come and to play against the, the Irish Wolfhounds. 
thing that really came across to me while I was there, Rob, was just the absolute phenomenal amount of work that has gone into hosting these um, Wolfhound training sessions. I mean, it's absolutely from the top right down to the bottom. It's just a complete team effort. And so uh, someone that I was uh, really wanted to get chatting to, was very eager to chat to, was um, Alan Orr, who is the director of the national team programme. So a lot of people will know him because he has been involved for many years in, in different aspects. He was a board member at one stage as well but he's now the national team program and he is the person who is essentially the administration behind um, all of these um, training camps and so for that he's the person who does all the bookings who makes sure that everything is COVID safe and so you can imagine a phenomenal amount of work so when I was chatting to him anyway this is what he had to say about it all. Okay guys so I am here with the director of the national program Alan Orr. Alan Orr thank you so much for having me here today at the Wolfhounds training. Well it's good to see you. Oh sure likewise and uh, so just a few questions for the podcast if you don't mind. Um, firstly just I said this to Coach Giron earlier as well a big congratulations just getting this all together especially with Covid. I can only imagine the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes and um, if you could give us an idea of just how much work goes into putting this together. Um, it's been a bit of a pain to be honest uh, I think the problem being is that a lot of the venues don't have their facilities open and uh, the poor guys having to change come uh, come already uh, kitted and then have nowhere to shelter or etc it's just not, not good and not certainly at national level um, so We'll just have to put up with it, and unfortunately, that's the sign of the times. This is it, and that's something that Kieran had said earlier as well: is this commitment, you know, to the Wolfhounds regime. We see it from the players, we're seeing it from the coaches, and from the administration staff, um, such as yourself as well. So, do you know what what drives you to keep going to put this together when it's all volunteer, of course, and uh, we are facing like difficult times with COVID and all these new obstacles? What is the vision that you have that keeps you going for the Wolfhounds? Well, I think from the initial setup of the, the old team, or Team Ireland, there's always been uh, a desire to have a national team. Um, and being brought back in again from having been on the board, and this was something that I always wanted to see come to some fruition. And I think the main thing for the core of uh, the present guys is to put a keystone in for the future. What drives me in this is, is you just got to go out and look and see the guys' faces. I mean, they're so happy to be out there representing their country. I know I've always said a lot of the uh, players out there, you know, the goal is to get to the Super or Shamrock Bowl. Yeah. And for most of the players, they don't get that. And there's an opportunity to wear a green jersey. And for me, uh, to, to have an opportunity to play for your country is a big thing, no matter what Absolutely. sport you're playing at. Yeah. So any of the players that are out there now, um, you know, we're developing, the squad's getting bigger. Uh, there's an opportunity for all players out there to develop, to actually challenge for a place on the team. Um, and a great group of coaches. I think we're lucky in this island that we have super people in those roles who are all dedicated to what they're doing. And I think we're up there with most of the teams in Europe at our level within the top sort of the seedings from 10 to 20. I think we'll give anybody a game. Yeah. So the goal would be to get into the championships and get a, a win. Yeah. And that would be a big step for Ireland to be able to do that, to get into the top 10 seedings. So Brilliant. that's what's driving us at the minute. That's what we're trying to, to do. 
Yeah, it sounds great and I think it's very achievable like out there today and we see just the amount of talent that's out there just coming from all across the country and it's brilliant. Fantastic opportunity for us you know, to be able to offer our own players. Uh, looking ahead to any potential friendly fixtures, what is that landscape looking like? Uh, with the COVID, uh, a lot of teams are still reluctant to open the doors. Uh, I am in talks at the moment with a couple of teams. We're hoping next year to have one away game. But at the moment, my head's more to bringing teams to Ireland, obviously for economic reasons. Uh, and obviously, with what I've just went through this morning with COVID, I can't imagine what it's going to be like to put 60 guys on a plane to travel somewhere else Absolutely. and make sure the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. So... Uh, in essence, I think if if we can bring teams here, generate a bit of income for the national team, progressing on to the European Championships, and I think again the you know the home economics is something that's going to benefit everybody if if we're bringing teams in, and uh, obviously the players and the fans and that can get to see the team, yeah. which is a big thing for us because we need to keep pushing the brand and get the team out there, and everybody knows there is an Irish team because I think that's one thing we've maybe failed at a wee bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Stuff that we can improve on. Alan, that all sounds great. It all sounds brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thanks for the invite to be here. It's absolutely brilliant. And keep up the good work. No, thank you. And same again. Keep going on with the podcast. It's good for the good for the game. So for, yeah, something to be at. Anyway, <laughs> keeps us all going. <laughs> great, Alan. Thanks uh-huh. very much. And uh, we'll chat to you again soon. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, like another person there, absolutely fascinating for like the work and the dedication. Like the man really has given nearly a lifetime to American football here in Ireland. And I know myself from planning and organising different events and different sessions for for different teams around the country. You know, the, the effort um that goes into to organising these. So for Alan to be sort of overseeing the Wolfhounds in his directorship and putting in these structures and, you know, getting venues and making sure that everything sort of runs runs to time. You know, it is it's it's a lot of effort, a lot of work and something that he really needs to it be commended easy. for. No, it really isn't easy. But then one thing I really want to know, Kelly, is the players. And I think that's why a lot of people listening here to the podcast, they want to know about the players. We have some incredible players on that Wolfhounds team. You know, some that the show here we're, we're big fans of. Did you get a chance to actually speak with any of the players themselves? Yeah, I did. I mean, I absolutely agree with you. Like, I mean, it's the top tier players that we have in the country at the Wolf fans. I didn't get chatting to them as many of them as I would have liked to. But, you know, going forward, we'll do that a bit more. They're obviously a bit busy uh, on the day. Preoccupation. Made more, more sense <laughs> to stay away from you. Yeah, they did. Um, but I got chatting to Marty Kasky, who obviously we're a big fan of. I think well-known across the league, who is um, a kicker. He is a wide receiver and one of the team captains from previous years of the Wolf fans. So um, this is what... Um, Marty Kasky had to say. Um, Marty, um, how did you feel that it all went today? Uh, brilliant. Um, great to get all the guys back together. A lot of new faces as well, but nice to get a lot of the, the guys from the Belgium trip together. Um, a lot of fun. It was wet and miserable, but the guys still had fun. Um, scrimmage was competitive. Uh, defense picking off some balls. Offense getting some 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 long bombs. So yeah, good day all around. That's good it. Fun. Yeah. And how are you feeling now going into the the next big training session that you'll do? Uh, hungry, excited, um, sore from today, but uh, a good sore. And good nice sore. just to knock the rust off and, and get back in the playbook again this is it brilliant great thank you so much Bernie we'll chat to you again soon cheers
So big thanks to, to Marty Kasky for giving me the time of the day. Much appreciated. Another player that I got chatting to was Alex Kosmerik. So as we both know, when we touched on it earlier in today's podcast episode, Alex is uh, playing abroad, which is just absolutely class. Really commend the man. And so I wanted to specifically ask him about that and how that is going just to get that perspective of an international national player on the Irish Wolfhounds. And this is what Alex had to say. Alex, you're just um, back from Germany, isn't it? And yeah. um, how has that helped you in terms of your Wolfhounds performance? I know that you're a defence player, you're playing free safety, and you're also the all-time leading, uh, what was it, pick? Interception, yeah. Interceptions for the, the Wolfhounds. With two, yeah, yeah pick city type thing. Obviously, the main thing is just the speed of the game over there. It's yeah. far faster. So in terms of processing stuff and in terms of just making decisive reads, the speed of coming downhill, the speed of breaking on passes, the speed of the ball coming out over there, it's you can't like stop and have a think about how you're playing. Like it has to be far, far smoother and the level of the basics are just so high. Like yeah. you don't really have anyone who can't do basic stuff. Yeah. You know, at, at everyone who you will play against, even if they've got their third stringers on, is gonna know how to tackle, know how to catch, know how to block, and, and that's the big difference. So there's no sort of easy rep that you can get. Brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously for us, we're hoping that you're gonna come back from this international experience. You're gonna dispense that out to your teammates and then hopefully kind of bring up the standard here as well. So how has that been in terms of communicating with your teammates out there today? Like, are people learning from you, you learn from them, or how is, how is that going? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a communicator on defense, and that's something I want to keep going. And I've coached before, and I like to get people right. And especially as a free safety, you know, you're in a position to be a field general and communicate stuff. But yeah, it's, it's taking that stuff and saying, look, guys, it's focus on the basics, focus on getting simple things right, doing them as well as possible, and then you can worry about the fancier things, the you know, the flashier plays. Yeah. They will come if you're really good at the basics. Absolutely. It's like keep it simple. Great, Alex, thanks so much. Really enjoyed that and congrats today. Great Cheers. stuff. Cheers. Thank you. No, absolutely great getting to, to hear from the two lads. You know, as we, we've seen Marty Kasky around the, the league for years and then Alex Kusmerik, all he's done, say for when he was with the Belfast Trojans and then moving to play for UCD for a bit and just sort of the impact that he can have on a game. Now playing abroad, it's it's just fascinating to like hear what these players go through and sort of, you know, their views of like how the game's progressing and what they've managed to achieve in their, you know, relatively short careers. And uh, hopefully we'll get chatting to a lot more players. Kind of one of those that I want to say to the guys, if they see us there at games, like, please feel more than welcome to come up chatting, you know, because um, we want to get to know them. Like, that's what this podcast is all about. And we're interested in them. Didn't get chatting to as many coaches as I would like on the day, because obviously, I mean, if the players were busy, the coaches were 10 times busier. But one coach that I did um, get to chat to is Brendan Kelleher of the Cork Admirals. So absolutely class coach, amazing defensive coach and um, this is what we got chatting to um, after after training. Brendan, you're coming from the Cork Admirals, who of course have had some very significant successes, winning the bowl in 2018. 18. 2019. Was it? No, sorry. no 17. 
2018. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no big Feels thing. Like Ten years ago, no, though. And I think it was one of those things that he actually uh, overcame like significant things in that season. It was a very tough season to go through yeah. and to still remain very focused on uh, what you were doing, what you were there to do that season. I think is a credit to you. Defense in Cork has always been so so strong, so it's no surprise to me that you're here as the defensive coordinator of the um, Wolfhounds. How did you feel everything went today on D? Yeah, I'm really happy. Um, probably got a good few new guys in, um, some guys returning, some guys missing for different reasons, but great to get back, good workout, probably a lot of different things done in with this team than some, maybe some guys are used to with their own club, so good to kind of get in and get those reps, and then obviously all the reps here are quality reps then as well, you know, against yeah. the offense we have, like, you know, some really good players, some uh, really good new-looking young receivers there as well. Some guys made some great plays in the ball if you're watching. So, yeah, yeah look, competition's always really good. But, um, yeah, first day back, really happy with it. Yeah, brilliant. And then, obviously, it's the first day, so it might be a bit soon to say, and please do say if it is, but is there anyone standing out to you? Is there anyone that you feel has really secured their position, either on defence in your own area or anybody on offence that's really making your life difficult on defence? Um, just from a defensive point of view, I suppose, like, guys like Alex there, who you're talking to, you know, he's in his third kind of cycle around through it, you know, showing the experience. Um, Spencer as well in the middle there, you know, really experienced, has, some, has played some very good games or so. Obviously, he's very solid again today, but, you know, I think we're kind of more in the phase of trying to find out who the other guys are on the squad and maybe who the guys are for the next couple of, couple of years as well. So we're trying to get some of the younger guys in and see, you know, how will they match up against consistently against probably the better guys in the league, you know, in practice here. But happy with them, like, you know, there's a lot of learning to do. Um, I suppose there's, there's some like some some brand new things for them in some of the ways plays like a lot of guys haven't played very much man before and we play a lot of man in the defense here so uh, it's just a matter of getting in and getting the reps for most guys they they kind of take to it if they if they like if they like playing on the defense they're happy to kind of transition to play some man so yeah there's been a learning in that but going on to the offensive side or looking at the offensive side um, look, Jan obviously still made some great plays there again yeah, today like yeah. you think he have a cover but he's not and um, I suppose uh, that guy George from UCD as well obviously stood out. You know, great hands. He made two great grabs. But there was a young kid as well from the Rebels that I don't know. I haven't seen him playing before. He made a great play on a deep ball as well. So it looks like there's some good players coming through on the on the on the offensive side as well. Coach Kelleher there just you know dropping knowledge on us. Man who has many years experience coaching teams, coaching defenses. As we've seen throughout the years, the Cork Admirals have been quite a, a stalwart in in the American football here in Ireland. Uh, coming back and just sort of. You know, re reimagining themselves and you know putting it up there, winning Shamrock Bowls based on strong defenses. As we know ourselves, we we've said it on the show a few times before. Cork being the absolute QB factory, turning them out from youth level into senior football, and you know, Coach Coach Gallagher is a driving force down in that region. Young coaches around the league, he would be one of the people you really should look to. Something that I personally, you know, as someone who's coached flag for a few years and would love to get involved in the kitted side of things, a, a, cl- a coaching clinic with a few of, say, Ireland's, you know, long established coaches coming together, giving some short presentations, actually getting to, to run some ideas past them. Something I'd love to, to, I'd love to see happening. And I think Coach Gallagher being one of those coaches that we would all love to to get to hear more about on sort of his ideas on how to run a defense, what you know works was worked well for him in the past, what you can sort of do to give your team that sort of extra bit of an advantage, and and just game planning different things around that. 
Yeah, I think that's something that they've done before. If I'm not mistaken, there was uh, defensive coaches or courses like that. And I think they might have been run by Brendan. Uh, I know that it was certainly um, a Cork-based coach that had run one of those courses before. But now that we have a brand new um, coach, director of coaching in... um, Kevin Gallagher is his name uh, we're hoping to see a lot more of that I know that GP has been huge in terms of actually developing the um, the coaching material same with uh, Emma Burrows there are coaching tutors at the minute and um, so hopefully we will see more like that because you know you get chatting to someone like Brendan for two minutes at the side of a pitch and you just see how much knowledge is there what I was very impressed by with him is uh you know how well he knows the players and how well he knows players from many different clubs and do you know he's very much a player first uh, approach which I think just works so so well as a coach and um, yeah so I mean just a big fan of of him and all the coach staff and the whole uh, Wolfhounds program to be honest. No absolutely it's going to be really interesting to see how they continue to grow continue to develop and hopefully maybe at the early part of next year or, or at the latter half when sort of flights and football are allowed to recommence fully it'll be great to hopefully see the Wolfhounds in action and see what the coaching staff and the background staff and the players have been working towards and actually see it implemented yeah yeah I'd love to see us getting into the top 10 of the rankings uh, in Europe I think that that would just be uh, just a really good goal to achieve and I know that's what they're working on so uh, hopefully why stop at top 10? We want the gold. So bringing it back now to the domestic game, we'll uh, leave the international scene behind us for a couple of minutes and talk about this weekend's upcoming action in the Dunahy Group International Cup. Invitational Cup. Someday we'll get that right. Someday, Kelly, that's going to be... <laughs> we'll get the name correct fully. So this Saturday, uh, actually this Sunday, sorry, in new buildings just outside new buildings in the lovely county of Derry we will be seeing the sort of the the climax of all the action that's happened over the past few weeks so in game one we've got the Giants against the Razorbacks in sort of what team is not getting the wooden spoon trophy they are playing at 11 o'clock and then really the the ultimate game which everyone I think is really looking forward to seeing is the Vipers against the Antrim Jets so the Jets uh, are coming in this game. They've already lost to the Vipers once before. They'll be looking to make amends for it. But it is at the Vipers' home pitch. We've seen how the Vipers have been quite the uh, quite the units going forward, going throughout this campaign. They will not want to be beaten at home, considering they've, they're have they 4-0 so far. One more game, and they are taking back that uh, piece of glassware to, to Derry. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those that, you know, it's not just as easy just to call the Vipers as winners because we've seen the Jets go from strength to strength to strength. So, I mean, I'm, if I had to choose, I'm probably choosing the Vipers to win. I've kind of been backing them from, from week one, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jets really give them a game. And if the Jets come away with that, with that win... That wouldn't be hugely surprising either. I think these are two relatively evenly matched uh, teams. Great leadership on both teams. Uh, very organised. Both of them have been a big fan of of both organisations for a little bit of time now and are really just seeing the fruition of that uh, this Sunday. What's exciting then as well for us is that um, the event is going to be emceed by yours truly, myself and Rob from the domestic game. So we'll be delighted to be there. And thanks so much for the Vipers for organising that. Just doing a little bit of comment 
commentary on the game and then of course some post-game interviews um pre-game interviews or during the game interviews which we will hopefully feature on next week's episode of the domestic game no absolutely like it's uh it was absolutely joy to be asked by the vipers to to do some of the running in-game commentary and even get to meet a few of their players and actually finally get to see I know you Kelly have got a chance to see some of the football played this year this will be the first kid of game I'll have seen in god it must be close to two years at this stage so obviously really looking forward to getting out there you know finding out even more about the players from what we've learned so far uh, seeing the action firsthand, I think it's just a great opportunity and if anyone is in and around the, uh, the new buildings area or even if you're not come up to Derry for the day you know it's a beautiful city go on a wee tour come to watch some football played and there's going to be food there's going to be drinks there's going to be a whole sort of uh, session afterwards for for the winners for the losers whether you're a viper a jet a razorback or even a giant there's going to be something there for everybody so bring your family bring your friends bring yourself and just come on down and, and watch some action. Bring your wives, bring your kids, bring your husbands. <laughs> bring them all. But yeah, like we said, there'll uh, be food and drink. I don't know whether it's actually at the venue or if it's sort of at the uh, the sponsors of the day, uh, Rosie Joe's Pub in Derry itself. So a bit of live music might be nice to get down to. A couple of burgers, a couple of pints, even maybe a bottle of champagne for the winners. Yeah, a bottle of champagne for us, maybe after all our hard work commentating but no it's a fantastic uh, weekend of action like that we're all looking forward to it's like the first sort of kitted silverware that's going to be handed out this year the first kitted silverware that'll be handed out in like we said almost two years so looking really forward to it uh, I just can't wait to actually see it and come back and just be able to like talk about it in depth after seeing all the action going ahead. I think it's a phenomenal achievement by all four teams what they've done this year. So um, absolutely can't wait to get there. Can't wait to see the environment and soak up the atmosphere. And uh, that's it. Re- we'll report back after, and um, I'm sure it'll it'll be great. And then Kelly, just to kind of round out the show, you know, what would an episode be without us dropping in some flag love? It'll be nothing. It'll be nothing. Exactly. Exactly. So. As we uh, possibly got a bit of heat from last week, sort of of how we uh, felt that the Dublin Bay Raptors were approaching the the finals of the the Summer Shield, I believe we've got some big news just breaking. Well, I'll I'll just stop you before you release that big news because we didn't say anything. We just repeated what other people have reported, <laughs> and we did not agree with it. We're just we're just reporters letting people know what's been said on the streets. But um, you go on, continue on. What was the the breaking news? Possibly we refer to them as everyone's sort of favorite up and coming young guns, the Thomastown Tigers. So a team that, you know, seen a lot of loves. They've got a great internet meme game going. A1 meme game. The Tigers are amalgamating, coming under the banner of the Dublin Bay Raptors. I was talking to a few of the guys from the Raptors, talking to a few guys from the uh, the Tigers. And like has been said before, the Raptors are an aging squad with knowledge. The Tigers are a youthful squad without that experience. This sort of merger... Both teams are located, I think, within about two kilometers of each other. Absolutely excellent move for both sides. This is really something that's you know gonna further continue to to keep that Raptor brand in 
you know, as a, as a stalwart of American flag football here in Ireland. Yeah, it's a great move. Absolutely. I think this really is going to solidify uh, the Dublin Bay Raptors as a team to really look out for when it comes around to the uh, AFI flag league. No, it's it's a great move. Um, the, the Raptors are getting at least four or five players, I think, under the age of 18. And those four or five guys already, we've, we've seen what they can do uh, very raw, like without that kind of management and guiding experience that they're about to get. It's it's a win-win for not just all the players or the two teams involved. It's a win-win for American flag football here in Ireland. The biggest question, though, I feel that's on everybody's lips when they hear this will be, will the Dublin Bay Raptors allow the Thomastown Tigers to run their social media account and to still re- release those memes. I I I hope they do. I hope the uh, the Tigers actually take control of the Raptor social media accounts. Actually, not even take control. Start the uh, Raptor social media and actually get something going. So that you know the Raptors are win win for this. And like I said, the team will be playing under the uh, under the Raptors banner. So they already have that sort of brand identity and franchise recognition. Uh, that really they should be able to capitalise on really well. And that really sort of concludes sort of all the action and news around uh, American football here in Ireland from the past week. I think that's pretty much it. I've nothing else to say. Anything that you'd like to add, Rob? Get down to Rosie Joe's and Waterloo Street in uh, Derry this uh, Sunday and, you know, get the get the meet the face of the podcast. Might even uh, do a wee, a wee episode live from the bar. So from myself, Robbie Caldwell. Kelly Dwyer. For the Domestic Game, signing off. <laughs>